Bible prophecies foretell the end time events, really a snapshot of things to come. We will discuss this end time chain of events playing out in today's headlines, this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Wow, are we living in the end times or what? It's easily proven. Things are happening all around us very quickly now, showing us that we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Before I get into the program today, I do want to thank everyone who remembered me in your prayers. On Friday, I was on the Jim and Lori Baker show up in Branson, Missouri. We had a wonderful program, and I believe we did uh, two days, and so I believe that will play on the 25th and 26th of this month. So you might want to look for that in some upcoming program And they actually invited me to be back many times and maybe be on Mondo's show as well. So, looking forward to that. A huge open door, possibly, that the Lord has opened for us. And if it is the Lord's will, uh, we'll walk through the door. Huge audience. And so, thank you very much. The, The interview went great. And I know many of you were praying that God would anoint me. And I felt like He did. And it went wonderful. So, thank you very much for remembering me, uh, in your prayers. Now, prophecy in the news. We see it happening all around us. Matthew 24, verse 3 through 8. The Bible says, you know, this is the Olivet Discourse. His disciples took him back uh, out on the Mount of Olives. The Bible says he sat upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately and said, Hey, tell us, when shall these things be? What is going to be, what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered and said unto them, number one, take heed that no man deceives you. Now he's talking to our generation, you understand. He said, take heed that no man deceives you. Many will come in my name. Many will come and say, hey, I'm a Christian, saying I am Christ, but they shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars, rumors of wars. Ye shall, but, but he said, don't be troubled, for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet. So he's given us a snapshot. Here's what's coming in, at, right there before my second coming. And Jesus wanted us to know what it would look like. He said in verse 7, he said, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places or in different places. But he said all these things are the beginning of sorrows. So when we look at these things, earthquakes in diverse places. 
Are you all following what's going on with the volcano and the earthquake activity, the earthquakes that are setting off volcanoes, different things around the world? Volcano Discovery reported that the earthquakes today, that the latest quakes in or near the Canary Islands, Spain, over the past seven days, they reported that during the past seven days, the Canary Islands was shaken by 14 earthquakes of 4.0 or above, This is the last seven days, 160 earthquakes between 3.0 to 4.0 and 430 earthquakes between 2.0 and 3.0. And there were also 12 12, uh, earthquakes below the magnitude of 2.0, which people normally don't feel. So that was in the Canary Islands, Spain, but MSN reported that a volcano has erupted near Iceland's capital of Reykjavik, following weeks of unprecedented earthquakes. The Republic World said in March of 2021 that Iceland has witnessed an unusually high seismic activity and the Icelandic Meteorological Office has noted that nearly 40,000 earthquakes hit the region in a period of 20 days. And then the Center for Disaster Philanthropy in Puerto Rico they experienced an unprecedented series of ongoing earthquake swarms with more than 9,000 earthquakes back in December of 2019 in the Ponce region in southern Puerto Rico. So you're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of earthquakes. What did Jesus say? In the end time, you'll see earthquakes in diverse places. And the thing is, is that you say, well, earthquakes have always happened, and you know, but, but we haven't had the, the um, measuring tools, the, the technology to measure all of them. Well, that's true. But Jesus knew that we would have the technology just prior to his second coming. So he said, you're going to see earthquakes in diverse places. And wow, are we seeing that now? Some of them are so bad, they're actually setting off volcanoes. So yes, we absolutely are living in the end time. Jesus said that you would see famines, you would see pestilence. Said it would be a normal occurrence. Well, are we living through pestilence right now? I mean, it appears certain that the coronavirus is a fulfillment of prophecies that are scheduled to occur as we approach the battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus to the earth. And remember in Matthew chapter 24... The disciples asked Jesus, what would be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? They were referring to the the church age, where we're at right now, the end of this age, up just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in verse 7 through 8, again, nation's going to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Our world is continually experiencing all of these things. And Jesus said that it would happen as we near the second coming of the end of the age. But one of the things Jesus said that would happen would be pestilences. You know, the word pestilence also means pandemic. The coronavirus is one of the worst pandemics the world has experienced in the last 100 years. And so we can safely say that The present pandemic is a fulfillment of one of the signs Jesus said would signal 
our approach to the end of the age, right? We're living in the end time. He said, you're going to see pandemics, pestilences. You're going to see pandemics. Well, we've seen several pandemics over the last several years, right? Ebola and the, uh, the swine flu and all, all these different uh, pandemics that have happened. Jesus said, you're going to see that. That's just the beginning of sorrows. So when you look at these things, Jesus Christ gave us a snapshot of things that would occur just prior to his second coming. And we're watching these things come to pass right now. When we get back from the break, I'm going to go through an end time scenario and use things going on in our news right now to let you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, we certainly are living in the end time just prior to the second coming. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Now, we're going to dive deep off into this end-time scenario, and I'm going to show you many news articles that, that just it, it shows how it's happening right now. We're watching precursors to all of this. Before I do that, I've got a quick announcement. This coming Friday evening and Saturday evening, I'll be in Katy, Texas. Normally, it's a Saturday evening, Sunday morning. It's going to be a little different this weekend. Friday night, Saturday night, I'll be at the Pentecostals of Katy, 1941 Westboro Drive, uh, it, down in Katy, Texas. The phone number there is 281-829-2332. And this will be Friday evening from 7 to 9. I'll be doing my big timeline, The Future According to Bible Prophecy. I showed Jim Baker and them that, and they loved it. I don't think they'd ever seen anything like it. So I think you'll really enjoy that. That's Friday night. And then Saturday night, 
We'll be doing Breaking Prophetic Fulfillments, and we'll have a Q&A session uh, with the audience. You can ask me questions, and I'll do my best to answer them. It's really a lot of fun, very um, informative information. Got a lot of things happening right now. And so I put together a huge lesson for Saturday night as well. You will not want to miss that. So if you're anywhere near uh, in South Texas, if you want to come over to Katy, Texas, uh, this Friday and Saturday evening, that's Saturday evening is 6 to 8 p.m. I look forward to meeting you there. Uh, God bless you as you travel. Now, the end time scenario. So uh, let me start with the peace agreement. Daniel 9.27 prophesies that the Antichrist is going to confirm a covenant with many for a final seven-year period. This accord will be a, the confirmation of God's covenant with Abraham that Israel would always have a homeland in the promised land all the way back in Genesis 15.18. The fulfillment of this prophecy, it's going to be the signing of a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians. That's easily proven. I mean, the prophesied agreement, it has to do many things. I'll give you the top three. Uh, It's going to establish a Palestinian state in Judea, the the modern-day West Bank. It will allow the Jewish settlers presently living in Judea to remain in their homes, living as a Jewish minority in the new Palestinian state. And number three, it will place the Temple Mount under an internationally supervised sharing arrangement allowing both Jews and Muslims to worship there. Now, when you see that that prophesied peace agreement, then you can know assuredly, hey, the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ has begun. Now, the reason I tell you that is because these are one of the things that you are seeing play out in the news right now. They're talking, Naftali Bennett, Yair Lapid, Joe Biden, the European Union, the international community, they're all talking about a two-state solution. What do we do with the settlers? The, um, the European Union giving billions of euros to create, go ahead and create a Palestinian state there. Go ahead and build huge neighborhoods and things like that. Um, but this is what it's all pointing towards is this eventual Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. They're creating a de facto Palestinian state now without Israel's approval. And so where's it all leading? This Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. The Abraham Accords could lead to that. It's not that at this point. So we're watching it playing out in the news as we speak. The Six Trumpet War. At this juncture, let's say if I was laying out a big timeline here. At this juncture, it must be noted that there's a war coming that will emanate from the Middle East region and result in the killing of one-third of the world's population. And this war is called the Sixth Trumpet War because it will occur at the sounding of the Sixth Trumpet described in uh, Revelation 9, 13 through 18. It's going to take place just before or shortly after the peace agreement is signed. The Bible doesn't tell us which one takes place first. But at the latest, this Sixth Trumpet War has to happen before the final three and one half years begins. So it could conceivably happen at any time now if it has not already begun. Many people believe that we're already, this, uh, the Iran, um, China, Israel, United States, all these different 
uh, players coming into this that we may be already in a World War III situation and that it just has not escalated to the point where we would lead to, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions, or even a billions of casualties. So we need to watch the Middle East region, right? The Euphrates River, housed in Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. So, with that said, the Bible says as a result of this war, uh, or in, as a result of this prophecy, one-third of the world's population would be destroyed, and an army of 200 million would participate in this war. So I've watched, I've watched, you know, the Euphrates River like a hawk for years, years and years. What's going to happen? Turkey, Syria, and Iraq, it does not appear that they really want to control the world. Turkey wants another caliphate, but Iran's aspirations, totally different. They want to implement Sharia law globally. They see the United States and and Israel standing in the way. We're the big Satan, they're the little Satan, and they want to destroy us. So now they're trying, they're the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet, and they're trying to get a nuclear weapon, okay? Well, they are allies, just like the United States and Israel. Israel just came under CENTCOM, Central Command of the Middle East with the United States. We're going to be working hand in hand from here on. Well, of course, the Bible predicts that we're going to be standing with Israel all the way throughout the end time. How is this World War III scenario going to come to fruition? Well, I watch the Middle East all the time, and I've always watched Iran, because really many believe that we've started World War III, or that we've been at war with Iran since 40, uh, 1979. And that, it just hasn't escalated. Well, imagine Iran getting a nuclear weapon. China or uh, Israel and the United States are both willing to go to war with her to keep that from happening. Um, and so how's it all going to play out? Well, I remember in the prophecy, the 200 million man army, three entities that could field an army of 200 million, China, India, and the Islamic faction on the planet. Well, I've looked at the scenarios. It's going to be the the Islamic faction almost certainly will be involved because they are, uh, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran are almost 100% Muslim-controlled countries. And so this scenario playing out. But I've looked at the other scenarios. What about China? What about India? Well, just like we're an ally with Israel, the United States and Israel, lockstep. China and Iran are just as much of an ally. So imagine if Iran come in and started bombing Israel today. The United States would be right in there on Iran. At least I hope we would. I don't know about under the Biden administration. You never know what's going to happen under the Biden administration. However, I believe that we would protect Israel. Well, if we were to go in and start bombing Iran, imagine what China would do. And then if China came in, here comes the United States, and we're World War III the next day. So, what's going on in the news? JNS, the Jewish News Syndicate. They stated that both Iran and China view the United States as their chief strategic rival, and that they are both pursuing policies to weaken Washington's power 
standing and influence in their respective regions and to develop military capabilities to deny and dispute, or I should say disrupt, the U.S. armed forces' ability to to project power into these regions. They have even signed a comprehensive strategic cooperation deal and have broadened military ties. Now this is huge, to have our military ties with Israel, China's military ties with Iran in the Middle East, sitting right here on either side of the Persian Gulf, because now you know that we have the Abraham Accords where Israel would have access to the United Arab Emirates, sitting right on both sides of the Persian Gulf here. So the announcement back on December 27th of this bilateral agreement between China and Iran, it mentions investments, energy, transportation, agricultural sectors, as well as a bilateral cooperation on intelligence, military affairs. That's the big one, the big one concerning Israel, and training with the latter clauses forming this particular source of concern for Israel. So, Israel, or China, Iran, strong ties. Okay? Well, then the OAN network, they had an article that said, China strengthens diplomatic ties with Iran and Russia. So China is gathering America's strongest adversaries as it looks to strengthen its military and diplomatic ties. On Friday, China's top diplomats affirmed the country's commitment to strengthen its strategic partnership with Iran in a phone call with Iranian officials. The CCP, the, what would that, the Chinese Communist Party, vowed to help Iran combat issues including unilateral bullying, defending international fairness and justice, and, and get this, this is the reason I brought this whole thing up, and to help Iran achieve its nuclear ambitions. Now, Iran, the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet, China just said Friday that they want to help Iran achieve their nuclear ambitions? Okay, now, this is why I brought up World War III today. Because, again, Israel is willing to go to war tomorrow morning if it looks like Iran's going to get a nuclear weapon. On Friday, China said, we want to help them achieve their nuclear ambitions. Folks, we're talking about a ver- the likelihood of war here. And could it all go away tomorrow? It could, but it doesn't look like it's going to. Iran has the goal of getting a nuclear weapon. Uh, it go- they went on to say, in the phone conversation with Iranian Foreign Minister Hussein Abdelhayan, Chinese State Counselor and Foreign Minister Wang Yi said that no matter how the international and regional situation changes, China would make efforts for greater development of China-Iran Comprehensive Strategic Partnership, and that in addition, China has been running joint military drills with Russia as the two countries attempt to challenge American hegemony. Uh, And this comes as China is planning to develop its military in hopes to have the strongest global force by 2049. So, there's a lot going on here because... The Bible tells us that there's a war coming. 
One-third of the world's population is going to be destroyed. A 200 million man army is included in that. In Ezekiel 38, China, Iran, Turkey, uh, Gomer, which would be part of, parts of Eastern Europe, different nations will be involved in the invasion of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon at the end. Separate war from the Six Trumpet War. But the Bible never mentions China unless when it says an army of 200 million that that would be China. I cannot prove that scripturally. All I know is there are three entities on the planet that could field an army of 200 million soldiers. So, does that mean that China has been wiped off the face of the planet? Could be. In, in the Six Trumpet War. We talk about the Six Trumpet War right now because the first five trumpets have already occurred. The Six Trumpet War and the peace agreement are the next ones to occur. So look at what's happening in the Middle East. Friday, China said, we want to help Iran with her nuclear aspirations. Folks, you're talking about war. And so that's something that we all have to watch. And this is why I'm telling you today, we're in the end time. The Bible tells us these things will happen just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And, you, you know, the, the, you've heard about all these different predictions throughout the years. The Lord's going to come at this date. The Lord's going to come at this date. And many of these things weren't even taking place at the point when them predictions were made. I'm telling you that just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, all of the prophecies have either been fulfilled, they're in the process of happening right now, or we're watching precursors to every single one of them, folks. And so I don't have to sit here and guess. Well, let me see. Are we in the end time? No, absolutely. We are in the end time. And that's why we're helping prepare people all over the globe to meet Jesus Christ on His return. That's our goal. I mean, if you don't understand all of the nuances of Bible prophecy, that's fine. It would help if you did going through these end times. But if you've made your calling and election sure and your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that's the most important thing. Because the Lord could really come for any one of us this afternoon or tomorrow morning. However, the prophesied time of His return is in just the very near future. So it's very important that we know these things, right? So, if, remember that this, um, the Bible gives us a snapshot of what things will be like just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. In the aftermath of this six trumpet war, in, in which the, the two point what, six, 2.7 billion human beings will have died, there's going to be a cry for a global organization that can prevent war, and that's going to be deafening. The international community is going to adopt a world governing entity to eliminate the possibility of a global war ever taking place again. It's going to be a world government. The nations of the world will surrender their sovereignty to the new world government so that they can eliminate war completely. But it's not going to work because there's going to be a world governing body and the Antichrist will eventually lead that. And we'll talk about that more on the other side of the break. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. So, it's pretty easy to see we're living in the end time, isn't it? Once you understand these prophecies, it'll change the the way you read the news. And so, the world government. On the heels of a World War III, people will be willing to yield up their sovereignty in the name of security all over the world. You can see it actually happening now. People are afraid of some of the humanitarian hoaxes that are being perpetrated on the human race, and they're willing to say, hey, uh, we need a world government. We need bigger government. There are people that are advocating for that. That's exactly what the world government wants you to do. And so when we look at this world government, it's going to be the culmination of years of planning that have already been in progress. It's being established right now. For several years, it's been generally believed that there would be two major causes for war on earth, conflicts between nations and conflicts between religions. So the solution is simple in the minds of global leaders or globalists, people that believe in a world government. Hey, we've got to do away with the nation states and force everyone on earth to pledge allegiance to one single ultimate political authority, a world government. Strobe Talbot wrote about it in Time magazine all the way back in 1992. And then number two, they need to abolish the doctrinal differences between all the religions, religious organizations and to coerce church leaders to sign declarations of unity with a single all-inclusive religious authority, a world religion. According to scripture, the leader of this world religious system is going to have two objectives. Number one, to unite the world's religions under one belief system of tolerance. Hey, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. Let's all just push the doctrines of the Bible aside or the doctrines of whatever book you follow. And let's just all love each other and get along and have peace. And Because they say that doctrine is divisive. And so... Let's just all, you know, we're all really worship the same God anyway, right? We just call him different names. Now that's diametrically opposed to the word of God, folks. We only serve one God. No other God exists. 
besides the God of the Bible. There's only one God. Deuteronomy 6.4 Hear, O Israel, our Lord, our God is one Lord. And Jesus said, No man comes to the Father but by me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So that's why we use prophecy to build people's faith in the Bible. The Bible is the only book that I can go back to and, and use current events to show how prophecies 2,000 to 2,500 years ago are coming to pass right now. The Bible is the only book on the planet that we can do that with. No other, there's no other religious book you can do that with. The Bible. So, End Time Ministries is devoted to using current events to show you how those prophecies are coming to pass. We're right before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Let us show you how to be a part of His kingdom that He will establish when He comes. That's the goal of End Time Ministries. But this world religious figure, he's going to try to re- unite the religions of the world under a belief system of tolerance. Ah, anything goes. Anybody can be saved. There's a goal for that. He's going to use his pious position to influence all adherents to align with and pledge allegiance to the prophesied end time world government. That's the goal of the world religious system. All this interfaithism, ecumenism, it's all designed to get everybody to worship the world government and the eventual Antichrist. That's what the Bible tells us. And you can see it happening right now. I'm going to get into that in just a moment. So, of course, recent events have confirmed what we who understand and systematically analyze Bible prophecy have known for years. That this world religion is in its latter stages of its formation and the world's most recognized religious leader is beseeching the world to commit and adhere to the global governing efforts of the United Nations, the seat of world government in the earth today. You say, well, how's he doing that? Well, in the PR Newswire, they ran an article just recently, Religions... For Peace World Council announces new pledge of solidarity. So they state this, and I'm quoting, The governing body of the world's largest interfaith coalition releases a plan of action at a major conference in Lindau. Now, let me hold right there. Interfaith. Interfaith is not something that you're going to want to be a part of in the end time. You say, but yeah, it's all about peace and love and Let's just all get along, okay? Interfaithism is about brushing a lot of religious doctrine, a lot of the Bible doctrines under the rug. And then, hey, let's all get along because you can be saved, just believe what you want. You can be saved, just believe what you want, okay? The Bible says hold to the biblical doctrines And teach them because in doing so you'll save yourself and them that hear you. So there's only one gospel to teach everybody. There's not even two different gospels. There's only one. We we have only one ticket out of here. And that's Jesus Christ. And you've got to teach the gospel that is taught in that book. That's it. So I want to make sure I drive that home because a lot of people are getting caught up into this interfaith movement. And let's just all just have love and tolerance. I'm about love, but I'm not about love and 
getting caught up in that if you have to do away with the doctrines of the Bible. You can't get away. I would rather be in the minority and stand with Jesus and the Bible and the doctrines of the Bible than to be in the majority following after all this. And the Bible says the majority of the world will follow after all that before it's all over with. You've got to be real careful on this stuff. Now, on October 4th, 2021, the Religions for Peace World Council, composed of roughly 60 top leaders from diverse religions, religious institutions, and faith communities, released a joint statement expressing interfaith solidarity against violence, climate change, and the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, you understand, climate change, total propaganda put out by the United Nations. But yet these world religious leaders are getting together this huge interfaith movement to say, what can we do about climate change? It's getting all of these religions to get on board with the, the, the propaganda put out by the United Nations, supporting the world governing government edicts. It's happening, folks. This, the, uh, I'm going on to quote here, the World Council Statement on Faith and, Di- and Diplomacy kicks off a four-day conference of more than 600 religious, government, civil society leaders from across the world in Lindau, Germany. The statement sets the tone for a week of growing interfaith partnerships and forging actionable strategies against the many difficult and challenges facing our world today. So what, they're, what are they doing? They're getting everybody in fear mode. There's huge crisis in the world today. We need to get the religions of the world together to look towards the world government for the answer to all this. That's what's going on. The conference is hosted, and I'm going to prove that to you in just a moment. The conference is hosted by Religions for Peace, the world's most largest and most representative multi-religious coalition. Religions for Peace has worked as an accredited partner of the United Nations, the seat of world government. It's all going to go back there for over 50 years. And they have helped the UN Security Council to foster interfaith coexistence and advise the White House on religious freedom issues. So what's the religious, Religions for Peace all about? Well, they actually state on their website, Religions for Peace is the world's largest, most representative multi-religious coalition with national member associations called interreligious councils in nearly 100 countries. And since 1973, Religions for Peace has been accredited as a non-governmental organization with the United Nations and is particularly engaged in the areas of transforming conflict, promoting just and harmonious societies, fostering sustainable human development, protecting the earth, and now this is a world religious system that is all, all these religions caught up into this interfaith movement. And what is their goal? The last term here. They are protecting the earth and advancing the sustainable development goals. What are the sustainable development goals? That's the socialistic blueprint of the United Nations to govern every person on the planet. Now they've got all these religions on board, this huge interfaith movement, to push, what's the goal? They just, I just told you their goal, to push the sustainable development goals, the socialistic blueprint of the world government. And so this is happening right here before our very eyes. Common dreams. They put out an article. Global religious leaders 
scientists issue a joint call for radical climate action. And I'm quoting. They actually said in the article, it's really quite unprecedented, isn't it, for so many faith leaders to come together in this way. What are they doing? They're promoting world government. Dozens of religious leaders and scientists came together in Vatican City recently to demand urgent, radical, and responsible actions to address the climate emergency. Again, total propaganda by the United Nations and related challenges that threaten humanity and life on our beautiful common home. The Interfaith Climate Meeting, hosted by uh, the Catholic leader Pope Francis, included representatives from Buddhism, Christian denominations, Confucianism, Hinduism, Jainism, Judaism, Shia and Sunni Islam, Sikhism, Taoism, and Zoroastrianism. So, doesn't matter how many gods you believe in. You can believe in thousands of gods. Just come be a part because we have a goal to get you on board with this so your adherents will pledge allegiance to the world governing body. It goes on to say that the faith and science towards COP26, the Conference of Parties, that event came ahead of the United Nations Climate Summit set to begin in Glasgow, Scotland at the end of this month. You know, folks, I will never forget what Robert Mueller told, uh, he was a former assistant secretary general at the United Nations. He told my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, in an interview years ago. He said, Irvin, we have brought together the world as far as we can politically, but to bring about a true world government, the world must be brought together spiritually. We need a United Nations of religions. Guess what, folks? It's happening right now. I'm not sitting here guessing and thinking, wow, someday, you know, they might put together a world religious system. And that would be used to get the religions of the world to worship and pledge allegiance to this antichrist or this world governing body. Folks, that stuff's being put in place right now. There's coming a time when the establishment of that will become the kingdom of the false prophet when he takes over that. There will come a time when the establishment of this world religious or world government system will become the kingdom of the Antichrist when he usurps authority over that. That's all going to happen three and a half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We're watching the establishment of these systems as we speak. Robert Mueller called it. He said, we need a United Nations of religions and that's what's being created right now. But the goal is not necessarily to save everybody or get them to heaven or into the kingdom of God. It's to rally them together to support and pledge allegiance to the world government. Remember what that one religious system was devoted to doing, to implementing the sustainable development goals. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. 
If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. So, the Bible predicts that these two entities, world government, world religion, will be governed by a, a duo of the most deceitful demonic humans that have ever lived. To begin with, a, a leader is going to arise from Europe. That's Daniel 7, Daniel chapter 2, and many other places that will have aided in the negotiations of the prophesied peace agreement that I talked about earlier in the program. He's going to be a great orator and an administrator. The Bible says he will come on a platform of flatteries, Daniel chapter 11. But he's going to have an ulterior motive in mind. He's going to be a um, kind of like a wolf in sheep's clothing, if you will. Good-looking guy, great orator, but he's going to have an, an evil mind. And he's going to eventually seize the reins of influence and be the most powerful politician in Europe. And from that power base, he will maneuver himself into control of the emerging world government. Now, who's going to be involved in this? I I wanted to lay a scenario out here very quick, if I have time, of what you can see playing out in the news, and how, if you understand Bible prophecy, you can see that this is just kind of like a, um, it's almost like a mirage. It's something that's there but it's really not going to come to uh, fruition. And what's happening? Well, we know from Scripture that in Daniel chapter 7, when Daniel saw four separate beasts, lion with eagle's wings, bear, four-headed leopard, ten-horned beast, the lion, the Bible tells us, uh, Daniel 7, verses 17 and 23, that these are nations and the ruler of those nations that's what these beasts symbolize. So, what's, and that these nations would be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. What are the modern day nations symbolized by the lion? The, 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 um, these would be very prominent nations. Lion, Great Britain. Eagle's wings, United States. Uh, most of you already know this. Uh, the eagle's wings were plucked out of the lion, made stand upon the feet of a man. Man's heart was given to it. It's the United States. The bear, the Russian bear. The four-headed leopard, Germany, and the ten-horned beast, the revived Holy Roman Empire, the current European Union. 650 years later, John writes the book of Revelation. In Revelation 13, John says, it's a parenthetical chapter. God wants to stop here, throw on the brakes and say, okay, John, i got to explain something to you. I'm going to reveal Satan's end-time kingdom. So in Revelation 13, 1 through 2, he says, Hey, I saw a beast come up out of the sea. God was giving him a vision. I saw a beast, one singular beast, not four separate beasts like in Daniel 7, but one single beast. I saw a beast come up out of the sea having ten horns. And he had the body of the leopard. So there's going to be Europe, the ten horns, the European Union. It had the body of the leopard. So Germany is going to be involved. The feet of the bear, Russia, the mouth of the lion. Great Britain. So, European Union, Great Britain, Russia, Germany, they're all going to be involved in this end time 
one world governing body. The Bible says the entire world wondered after this entity, this beast. So it's a world government. It's a federalization of nations. Now, there will be other nations involved, but those are the main ones that will be involved. Germany. Germany is going to be included in the one world governing body. The one world governing body always has been and always will be anti-Semitic. They're gonna, the, the world governing body armies are going to come down against Israel to battle in the end time. Germany is going to be included in that. Well, I read an article. The, the Antichrist. Other prophecies tell us the Antichrist will come out of the current European Union. The ten horns on the, ten, on the seven-headed ten-horn beast symbolize Germany or symbolize the current European Union. The Bible says in uh, Daniel 7, that one horn come up among them, uprooted three, and he became great with a mouth speaking great things. It's the Antichrist. So we know 100% positive, everybody, the Antichrist will come from the reborn Holy Roman Empire or the current European Union. So the nation of Germany will be involved in that. Well, Israel Hayam. Remember how I told you, if you understand Bible prophecy, it changes the way you read the news. Well, I'm going through my Israel sources this morning, and I see in Israel Hayam, hey, Israel and Germany, uh, that Israel and German jets fly over Jerusalem in a show of ties. And I'm like, hmm, that doesn't sound scriptural in the end time. It says, and I'm quoting, Israeli and German fighter jets performed a flyby over the Israeli parliament in Jerusalem on Sunday afternoon in what was described as a display of close cooperation between Jerusalem and Berlin. Now, that if you understand what happened in World War II, that sounds <laughs> like it's just not, it's not even possible, right? Well, then they say that this was the first time that German aircraft have flown over Jerusalem since World War I. They said the flyby expresses the strong partnership between and con- partnership and connection between the air forces and the countries, as well as the commitment to continued cooperation in the future. Well, what do we know from Bible prophecy? That Germany is going to be part of the world governing body, which is totally anti-Semitic. You understand Germany supports Iran. I'll get to that in a minute. But Totally anti-Semitic. So when I saw this article about, whoa, Germany flew jets over Jerusalem, the parliament building today, I was kind of taken aback by that because I know in the Bible, and if you understand history, that doesn't even seem possible, does it? And then Arutz Sheva, they had an article, and they, they stated that with Angela Merkel at the helm of Germany, that Germany has voted in lockstep with the Palestinian Arabs on virtually every anti-Israel measure at the United Nations. Totally anti-Semitic. But then you read another article that said they just flew a jet over the parliament building in Jerusalem in a, in a sign of close ties and a close relationship with Germany. Makes zero sense, doesn't it? And I know throughout the end time, they're not going to be allies. But the article said in, the, in Arut Sheva, that, which is uh, Channel 7 in Israel, it's really the, the voice of the settlers, that 
under Angela Merkel's leadership that Germany has given more money. I had somebody question me the other day about, well, no, Germany doesn't support Iran or the European Union doesn't necessarily support Iran. Well, under her Angela Merkel's leadership, Germany has given more money to anti-Israel political groups, including groups involved in boycotting Israel, than any other EU member government. And then, and then it says, then there is Iran. Since Angela Merkel entered office in 2005, Angela Merkel has assiduously maintained Germany's position as Iran's largest trading partner in Europe. She has opposed sanctions and backed her colleagues uh, as they made light of Iran's human rights violations, its nuclear proliferation, and sponsorship of terrorism. Angela Merkel has been an indomitable supporter of the 2015 nuclear deal with Iran, despite the fact that it provides Iran with an open road to a nuclear arsenal. If, from what I read earlier, if China doesn't give her nuclear weapons or help her uh, to create nuclear weapons. And it says that Angela Merkel was moved, unmoved by this, the voluminous evidence of Iran's bad faith negotiations and systematic material breaches of the limitations of the 2015 deal placed on its nuclear activities. So after all of that, I read today that Germany and Israel, Germany flew planes over Jerusalem. I thought, not that relationship's not going to last because I know what the Bob, I know what the prophecies of the Bible say. So that's why it's important to understand these prophecies. Take the time to study them. Prophecy is about 30% of the entire Bible. God wanted us to know what was coming during our lifetime. Uh, I was on uh, Jim Baker Friday. He, said, he asked me, can Bible prophecy be understood? It was a wonderful question. Because a lot of people teach that it can't be understood. Or, well, there's no way I can understand this, so why even try? But that's simply not the case. Daniel chapter 11, the Bible says, uh, verses uh, 32 and 33, that the Antichrist would corrupt many by flatteries, but they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. This is during the time of the Antichrist. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So during the time of the Antichrist, there will be people that understand the prophecies of the Bible and they're going to instruct many. And obviously, we're also going to be teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God as well. I mean, that's really the main goal of all of it. But prophecies build your faith in the word of God. So that 30% of the Bible is not there. So God, you know, needed a few more pages to fill his book. No, it's there for us to understand. The Bible says in Matthew 24... Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation occur, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, whoso readeth, let him understand. Understanding. Jesus knew that we would understand. It was not for the apostles to understand. In Acts chapter 1, they said, hey, will you at this time restore your kingdom? He said, nope, it's not for you guys to know. You go and tarry in Jerusalem. But he, he knew it would be for our time. In Matthew 24, when's Matthew 24 devoted to? The, the end of this age, our, our time. We can understand this stuff. 
uh, in uh, Revelation 13, 16 through 18, when it talks about the mark of the beast. The Bible says, Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it's the number of a man. Let him that hath understanding. So these things absolutely can be understood. And so, yes, prophecy can be understood. And if you understand these things, if you'll study them, we've got DVDs, we've got endtime.com, we've got Into the H Plus, the subscription base that's going crazy because um, that, that's, a, that's a huge thing. Into the H Plus, that's a subscription-based platform that we have because we were getting censored so much on Facebook and YouTube and all these different things that we put this huge pipeline of streaming on Into the H Plus. We upload all kinds of content on there. Our, our magazine subscription, everything comes with an Into the H Plus subscription. So if you want to really know what's going on, we got a huge section on there that's called Censored. and Or maybe it's called Uncensored. But it's, what, it's the videos that we've had that are censored on YouTube in different places. We put all of them in a huge section. These are the ones you can watch. And let us tell the truth about what's really going on. So, very important that we understand. Now, I've got a lot of stuff I could go over, folks. I'm out of time today. I'll join you back here tomorrow. But you can see there's so much going on in the news right now. And I only scratched the surface. But this is happening right now. I'll have a lot more to go over tomorrow. And so... I look forward to joining you tomorrow. You can join me right back here at the same place, same time. And you say, well, what's the goal of all of this? To teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world? Prophecy builds your faith. Again, I said this before. Prophecy builds your faith in the word of God. Which is the only book that has the words to eternal life. So am I going to look to the world government? Some kind of humanitarian situation? Absolutely not. Am I going to look to a world religion that's accepting all the religions of the world? No. I'm going to look to Jesus Christ and God's Word. That's going to get us out of here. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.